You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today we're going to be talking about videos and LinkedIn and the correlation between the two and how you can use them effectively to be able to not only build your LinkedIn following, but also to be able to build your business as well. And I want to welcome Chris to the show. He's a video producer with over 20 years of experience in the industry. Chris's company, Clever Creative, sorry, Cleaver Creative, read that wrong, has created B2B animation, sales presentations, and commercials seen by millions, and now works with business owners to help them create their own videos, and he only cares about the results. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you, Kim. It is great to be here. So I'm going to ask you probably the very obvious question. Is there a direct correlation between using video in LinkedIn and the results that you get? A direct correlation between using video and LinkedIn and the results? Yes. So one of the benefits of creating videos on LinkedIn is the organic reach is really strong. And if people have never posted on LinkedIn, they don't really maybe remember what that means but when facebook you know came out in oh, I don't know, was that like 2012 or something like that no probably earlier than that um it had great organic reach you'd put out a post and it would get seen by hundreds of people and linkedin yes. has that and has had that for years and it's not it's not changing super quickly the, the mm-hmm. main reason for that is that uh, there's not comparatively between the audience and the content creators, there's far less content creators on LinkedIn. And in that yes. audience, there's there's even a smaller amount of people creating really high quality business to business content. So if you can even put out one video or one piece of content a week that really provides business value to your network, will get seen in an organic way and get spread to hundreds or thousands of people. And that is that is massive value in and of itself. Obviously, then if you pivot that to creating some sales and some offers in there, then you can you can grow your business, you know, pretty much just with a couple posts a week. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, Chris, it says in your bio that you've been a video producer in over 20 years. So You've done B2B animations, sales presentations, commercials. I'd love to hear a bit more about about your story and how this all came to be. Sure. So I'll try and keep it I'll try and keep it <laughs> relatively short. But I went to school for I went to college for theater and I always wanted to do film and they had canceled the film program at the University of Illinois when I, when I went there. 
And so when I graduated, I was like, oh, I still really want to do this. And I was working at my dad's butcher shop. My dad and my grandfather were both butchers and had, had the family butcher shop. So I was working in the butcher shop and I was like, this is a really good film set. So I basically said, okay, I'm going to make a film and that's going to be my film school. And so I made a feature length film and screened it and sent it out to film festivals and all that. And then I made short films. And by, by that time, I was talking to people who had come out of film school and, and comparing notes. And I said, well, let's screen our films for each other. And they're like, we didn't really finish a film. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I have more experience than you. So it gave me confidence to start working in video production. So I started working as an editor and then I started working as a producer for a company and then I got laid off and I was like, I need to do this on my own. So that was 11 years ago that I started Cleaver. And basically the first big wave of videos that we created were animated explainer videos because those were really, really popular for a while where people wanted an animation video that it would explain their process. And that's kind of where people were still in the mindset of, we need a video, like we need a video for our website to really boost it up. Now people are have pivoted again to realizing they need a video strategy and they need to have a regular presence in video somehow. And it's very expensive, obviously, to do that in an animated form. So there's a huge benefit to just getting on camera and talking about what you know. And that's become another piece of the business now where we work with companies to figure out how do you create your own content? How can we facilitate that? And what's actually going to be effective for you? Okay, so now the cleaver makes sense. Right? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just like a little Easter egg in there. You know, one thing I love about your story, Chris, is the fact that, you know, you didn't let your lack of education stop you. You know, you could have said, oh, I can't go to film school. Well, I guess my dream's over. And you just looked around and went, wow, I got a great set. Let's film a movie. Like, I love that. That I guess that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, when you're handed something that you don't like, you look around, and you go, oh, that's okay. I've got this. I can use this instead. So I love that. And uh, I think it's it's important to recognize and, and something that you said, because you talked about those B2B animated videos and, and, you know, how now things have changed. And I think it's important, especially as, you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, consultants, professional speakers, that you have to sort of keep up with the times. Now, I'm not saying you have to keep up with every single trend that's going through, but, you know, if you haven't looked at, you know, how you're doing videos and you've been doing the same videos as you were five years ago, well, maybe it's time to just kind of step back, assess, and, you know, are these videos really still doing what you need them to do? Or do you just need to pivot a bit? So I love that. We're going to stop and take a quick ad break. Audience, if you've wondered about writing a book for your business, I want you to check out this free resource called the Create and Scale Method that's going to help you to write a book that converts readers into clients and then use that book to scale your business. Writing and publishing a book that converts readers into client and scales your business is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Get my free checklist at bit.ly forward slash create and scale that will show you what you need to do to have your book become a well-converting lead generating tool. Welcome back. 
Chris, I've, I've just, I've loved hearing about your story. We're going to switch gears now because I want to give you a lot of time. Let's really dig in on how to use videos on LinkedIn. So first of all, I'm going to let you loose for a bit to share what you've prepared for us today, and then we'll talk about it. Was I supposed to prepare something? <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to share from your expertise and talk about how to use video on LinkedIn. Oh, oh, I was like, oh, I didn't get that note. Official, you know, like, oh, you prepared something for us today. Okay. <laughs> was I supposed to make a video or something? I don't know. Um, so what performs well on LinkedIn? Uh, I usually tell people that we're working with that if you care about it, that's really the only thing that matters. If you genuinely care about the topic that you're talking about, that's really all that matters. It's very easy to get caught up and go, oh, my last post got a thousand views and this one only got 300. When you're working, especially in a small to mid-sized business, you may only want a handful of clients, a handful of new clients every year. And so even if it gets 300 views, Think about being in front of a room of 300 people. That's a big room. And you have this opportunity. I usually say once a week, I would not post much more than that as far as videos go. You have this chance once a week to get up in front of hundreds to thousands of people and say something. You need to think about what matters to you. And that can be a variety of things. Obviously, a piece of it should be about your business. It should be talking about FAQs that you get or services that you offer or value that you can provide people who maybe can't afford your service, but you can still provide them the tips and the value that you that you give to your clients. So it can be it can be that, but it can also be personal type content. So if you care about, you know, issues around raising your family or social issues or environmental issues or sports or hobbies or whatever, you can make a piece of your content about that because then you become the sports fanatic who's also the you know the the local lawyer that people know and the people who don't need a lawyer right now but are sports fanatics in the same team that you root for they're going to follow your content for the sports because they're going to agree disagree want to engage with you on that and then you become top of mind when it's like oh my buddy needs a lawyer i know this great guy on linkedin so it's basically follow that rule of try and provide value. But generally, if you genuinely, genuinely care about what you're talking about, that's the only thing that really matters because people will feel that when they see the video. Never heard it explained that way before, Chris. Everybody, I always hear, you know, you need to know your target market. You need to know what their problems are. You need to speak to their problems. You need to provide the solutions. You need to, you need to, you need to. And I love the fact that you just said, talk about what you care about. And I think that's so true because the when you care about something, the passion for it comes through. It comes through in your voice. It comes through in your body language. You know, it, it enhances the video as opposed to just talking about something you really don't care about because you think it's going to be popular and try to add a little inflection in your voice so people don't know how bored you are talking about something you really don't care about in the first place. Right. It's it's transparent when when someone is just trying to do something to get views and to get reactions. And it can work, right? Like it can work for the short term. 
but you really do have to think about it from a long-term strategy. And what I have found is for our clients that a lot of the times they're getting a new sale or a new customer, it might be somebody that's been in their network for years and they have been seeing their content for years. But that's the nature of B2B. Somebody moves to a new company, gets a new position and goes, now I have the budget that I can work with this industrial engineering consultant. Awesome. But it took like one of my clients said, you know, like one of his sales that he made last year, he's like, I met this person four years ago once at a networking meeting. And people don't remember you four years, you know, four years ago, they met you once, but because he kept showing up on video, showing up on video, it's like he was meeting her every single week. So you just have to think about it from that perspective of when you go to a networking event, you don't expect to make a sale the first time. You might make a sale after six months, after a year or more, and you have to just build it into your strategy and realize I'm going to have to show up for people every week, bring my bring my best content, bring my best ideas, and that will pay off over time. So I was just thinking about that. And I think, you know, the word for that is just the consistency factor. Yes, and- I try and... Remind people like consistency plus quality equals growth. If you have any pieces of that equation and the higher the the consistency, the higher the quality, the more you will grow. It's just, but the consistency is the biggest piece. Well, equal, I guess. But I think people do have a hard time with that because they they get a boost when they first start and people are like, oh my gosh, you're putting yourself on video. This is so great. And then they go for a couple months and they go, I'm not getting the same reach. I'm like, right. But look at the views. Did you still get a couple hundred views? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah, you just have to kind of keep it all in mind and not get too caught up on like, well, this performed really good last time. Why isn't this one performing as good? So you talked about two things, consistency and growth. And the, the thought I had about that was, you know, Consistency and quality equals growth. Well, you're not going to get the quality until you do the consistency. Your first videos are probably not going to ever be your best ones. Uh, You know, my first podcast interview, which I can't even access anymore because I lost the first 80 and some of them I just haven't been able to repost yet. But my first guest interview was with Bob Berg, the author of the Go-Giver series, the co-author. And I was a nervous wreck. I had never interviewed someone before. And my podcast mentors like, make the most famous person you know, like your first guest. And I'm thinking, and that was great until I went to interview him. And I'm thinking, I have no clue what I am doing. And, you know, it's funny. Now, Bob is so incredibly gracious. He could tell I had no clue what I was doing, and he just carried the whole conversation for me. So, you know, he made it really easy for me to interview him and at least make it seem like a somewhat successful interview because I was I was getting lost. First of all, you know, I was finally getting to talk sort of in person with Bob Berg. This is someone I've just kind of messaged with and been in the peripherals. And, you know, because I had been consistent and always, you know, promoting his books and talking about how his books made a difference and that, and, you know, message him every once in a while and just tell him different things that how the book, you know, helped me in that. When I asked him to be on the show, he was like, yeah, sure. Because he knew my name. He knew my name because I had spent years 
just telling everybody you've got to read this book. But I didn't think that one through. I should have done a few interviews first with other people, then done his, though his was his would have been the first one released. But I was so nervous. And, you know, now I'm like, well, I think you're like 478, 479, something like that. So I've done a lot of episodes since then. And, you know, obviously my interviewing skills have improved because I've just done this so many times and I released three episodes a week. So I continued to do it so many times. But I think you'll never get the quality until you have the consistency. I totally agree. And the other cool thing about that is that, um, People who follow your stuff want to see an evolution of that quality. They want to be able to say, I was there when it was really rough. rough. When, when, when this person didn't quite have their, you know, their patter down or their format down and they were nervous. And then now look at them. Now look at how, how well they do the show. And, and they like to be a part of that journey and they like to see how your content evolves. So I think, that you're right. That does stop some people because they're like, oh, I recorded a video, but it was not good. If it's really not good and you're really embarrassed about it, don't put it out. But if you feel like there is something good about it and and you want to take a risk, put it out. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to get ignored. And and then you can try it again. It just made me think about your your story with Bob is that the people who do remember that first episode, you can have him back on as a guest now. And that conversation is going to go very differently. And you can talk about how the original conversation was a little rough and laugh about it. And that might point people back to that original conversation and go, well, I want to hear that one now too. Cause you might say, we're not going to talk about the stuff we talked in that first one. We're going to talk about new stuff. And so this, there's a, there's a piece of that content creation. That's also that social networking, which is so powerful. So we actually have a comment because we do do these podcast recordings live on LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook. So we have a comment from Jonathan Green and Jonathan was on the show. Now this was quite a while back. I don't have the list with me, but Jonathan was on the podcast as well. And he said, what's the right amount? Once a week, once a day, multiple times per day. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say in the B2B space, especially on LinkedIn, the right recipe that I recommend for our clients is one video per week and one other piece of content per week. So that could be an article, that could be a text post, what have you. And usually I would break that up into the video at minimum should should bring the know and like element of, of what you want to communicate to people. So that's where it can be those affinity topics where it's like, I'm going to do, you know, if I've got four videos this month, Maybe I'm going to do one video about the Australian Open, the tennis match that's going on. Maybe I'm going to do one about a tip that I'm going to give people on how to, you know, literally record your your content. Maybe one's going to be a client, like a mini client case study. And then I'll figure out the fourth one, whatever it's going to be. Maybe it's going to be a gift or something just kind of fun. And so those pieces can can fill in for the know and the like piece. And then the trust piece can be an article that really dives deep on maybe a client case study or something like that. So there's a lot of people out there that will say, oh, you have to be posting three times a day. I think in the B2B space, that's overkill. It's like way overkill. And you can end up losing your audience by by overposting, I think. 
Love it. Love it. Thank you, Jonathan, for asking that question. Audience, if you like the show and you want to watch it being recorded live, come like me or follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's I am Word Ninja Kim. And so connect with me on LinkedIn and you will be notified when we are recording. We don't record at regular times because it's dependent on when the guests are available. But we do make events up for each of these lives that we do. So if you want to be one of the first to see the episodes, come join me on LinkedIn. That is my preferred social media. You can also see them on YouTube on the Author to Authority channel. So there you go, a little plug of different ways that you can watch and see and listen to the Author to Authority podcast. Chris, let's let's dive just in a little bit deeper. So you talked about, you know, some of the things that that people can do on the video, but let's dive a little bit deeper into that because, you know, some people think that's great, but they still don't know where to start. So do you have sort of a, you know, a guideline for how to structure the videos? Like me, like when I go to structure a video, I've got like post-it notes and I have like point forms on everything so I can keep on track. And I actually put it on my computer screen below the camera so that I can actually keep track of what I'm going to say. Because I have a habit of just either meandering or I completely forget what I'm going to say next and I just stop talking. So would love to hear more about, you know, how do you structure the videos themselves? Sure. So, yeah, I can kind of answer that in two parts, like the 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 process and then what to do when things go wrong, when you do lose your train of thought. So the first part of the process is exactly that. I think you're doing it exactly right. I don't recommend writing a word-for-word -word script. I recommend thinking about the content in a couple of different ways. So you want to think about like the content, obviously the main piece. And then you want to think about what's an attention getter that would actually bring people in. And one of my clients is a fractional COO. And one of the recent videos we did, he, I was like, I really want you to talk about the why behind your work. And what he basically said was, you know, I really love coming into big organizations and, and doing something really big. And he may have, I think he said, like to make the impossible possible. And I was like, okay, that's perfect. That is your intention, your attention getter. Cause that perks my ears up and goes, what is he going to talk about? You know? And then he goes, okay, so th that's what I like to do. And I want to talk about the why behind my business. And then he talks about that exactly. As you mentioned, like bullet points, write out a few bullet points of what you want to talk about, but don't write out a full script and then think about your call to action. Like what do you want people to do after they see this post? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get tripped up because they go, well, I want them to call me and like hire me. <laughs> it's like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that right away. When they do do that, that might be a lurker. That might be somebody who's never liked or commented on your video. And they just DM you. That has happened a number of times for me. Like, you know, somebody's like, haven't ever seen them engage my video. And they DM and go, hey, I want to start working together. Cool. Didn't know that was going to happen. So usually you want your CTA to be something that makes it easy to engage with this person. So like his CTA is probably the why, what's the why behind your business? Let's get a conversation going around. Why are you know, why are you in business? 
So those would be the pieces of the of the video that you want to consider. When things go wrong and you lose your train of thought, this is kind of a skill that takes a little while to learn and you may have already been doing it as you're creating video content. Um, what I try and recommend people do is think about the last sentence that you said and pick it up from there. So if I'm talking and I'm going, you know, the reason, the why behind my business is I really, you know, basically I realized it is, I like to help great people do great things. And I do that through video and I totally lost my train of thought, right? I'm just going to go back to that previous sentence and, and figure out how to end it and continue going. So it's, and I like to help them use their time the best to get the most out of their content. So basically that turns out to be, you know, one recording day a month and you have your content for the entire month. So there I have those two, those two cuts and I know that and is going to cut together. And like I say, that takes a little bit of practice to realize, to be like thinking about what you just said and how to pick it up. But if you do practice it, you can basically then not have to go back to the very beginning of your video and do the entire piece of content again. You can figure out where to pick things up to kind of conclude it. Occasionally, I've just gone, oh, well, I guess I did not get enough sleep last night because that thought just completely went out of my brain. But since we are... But if you have your notes there, you kind of know the bullets that you were going through, right? And you can go, okay, I definitely know I got through bullet number two. Let me pick it up at bullet number two, and I bet those two pieces are going to cut together. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I like to just be human and go, yep, I have no clue what I was just about to say, but let me check my notes. And you know what? I think people sometimes, like, you don't want to be doing that all the time, but if every once in a while it happens and you just admit it, it makes you human. Trust me, it's 9.15. This is one of the earliest podcast that i've recorded and that's happened like four times on this podcast i'm like i started going somewhere i need to pull, I need to pull this together <laughs> what was that where I, was i, I, was, I think i was headed over here that's me when i'm recording at three and four o'clock in the afternoon and i've been up since 5 30 in the morning working i'm like my brain is just and, you know, Foggy. sometimes it depends who, if I have on the show. Sometimes, you know, if I have a woman who's around my age in their 50s or whatever, and I'll just look at her, I said, yeah, well, here we go. Menopause moment again. The brain just went flying away. And, you know, people laugh and, you know, but I think well, it's I okay. Was, I think it's okay to be human. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say to your point is that's I think another place that people struggle with video is because we really do want to be seen as perfect in all of our work, right? Like you don't want to put on a book or an article or anything like that with a bunch of typos in it. The one place where that is not totally true is in video. If it's too perfect, if it's too polished, you kind of lose the human side of your content. And one of the things that we want to know about you is, who who are you? What are you really like? And when something goes wrong, do you laugh it off and go, okay, I totally lost my train of thought? Or do you, you know, panic and like throw your computer across the room? Like that's a piece that we want to know about you is is what how do you recover when things are not going well? And and what is imperfect about you? Can you laugh at yourself? So 
I think the more you can bring an element and be comfortable with imperfection, the better your content actually ends up being in, in video form, which is like very counterintuitive to most business people and most people really in general. Chris, I have enjoyed today's conversation. So what I would love for you to do is to give one final thought. And if the audience wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Sure. So my final piece of advice, I guess, would be to just try it. If, if you haven't tried creating some videos, try it. Write out 10 frequently asked questions that you get about your business and write out 10 questions that you don't get asked, but you really wish people would. And then pick four of those and sit down and say, I'm going to just answer these questions. And they, some, you know, the FAQs might be like, what is your, why is your pricing like this? How does the work happen? You know, where, when, what's the schedule? What's the timeline? Those types of things. But the frequent, the questions that you don't get asked that you wish you would might be more conceptual questions. Like, why do, do I need to have a book? Why do I want to make videos? You know, how... How is how is this better than doing this other thing? Something that's a bigger ideas might be in those those other kinds of questions. Record the answers, play them back, and go, is there value here? If you feel like there is, post one and see what happens. Because I do think people are often surprised by the support they actually get when they start putting themselves out there and going, like, this is my idea, this is my company, this is my belief. And people go, I agree with that. So that would be my piece of advice. If people want to get in touch with me, same same place, LinkedIn, Chris Weir. It's on the screen, I think, if you're if you're watching. And I'm happy to connect with people and I put out videos every week there and love to interact with my actual network and, and get to know people. Thank you so much. Audience, that's Chris and last name is W-E-I-H-E-R for those who are listening on LinkedIn. Chris, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I highly suggest that you go back about seven, eight episodes to episode 470 with Kayla Eyrig, why LinkedIn is an underused platform and what to do about it. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see the thumbnail on the screen. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, you're only going to have to scan back a few episodes. Thank you so much for listening and watching today, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.